because we don't hear the thoughts that create about 85% of our daily choices. We're only hearing about 15% of our thoughts. So as I do more clearings on the back of the house, consciousness that does correlate to different chakras, so more vital life force energy overall circulating, you also have more access to make more conscious, mindful, awake choices. Hey there, freedom lovers. This is the Freedom Media Network. I'm your host, Kurt Mercadante. Thank you so much for joining and thank yourself for joining today because you're in for a treat with another wonderful guest addressing another wonderful topic. Today, we're going to talk about your power, your power and your energy to heal, to become more prosperous, more joyful, more healthful. Our guest is Dr. Allison J. K. And she has secrets no one else uses to upgrade, inspire, and disrupt old paradigms within her community and the collective. She's an award-winning number one international best-selling author and founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System. She's an experienced subtle energies practitioner and natural healer with a holistic approach towards helping others thrive in mind, body, and spirit. It's reinforced by her 10 years in Asia studying subtle energies and ancient wisdom with 20 plus years working in teaching yoga, meditation, energy medicine, mind, body, fitness, longevity, and holistic health with a specialized focus on the chakra system. Dr. Allison brings a unique perspective that facilitates massive change. We're going to talk about all of that and more, her books, her programs, how you can benefit from her work. We're going to talk about the chakra system and your power to heal. On today's episode of the Freedom Media Network, without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Allison J. Dr. Allison, thank you so much for joining us here on the Freedom Media Network. I'm happy to be here, Kurt. We got a lot to talk about. Yes, absolutely. Um, the uh, I, we we were talking a lot before we recorded. I actually did a podcast once, and we were talking, and we and I said some things that maybe I wouldn't normally say uh, on the air. And he's like, "Oh, we've been recording for the last like ten minutes." I was like, "Oh, okay." And I don't really care, but you know, yeah. I didn't. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I liked what you said about what you're also aligned with, so I'd love to jump in because I find like. So many people in their awakening, uh, whether it was the 216 group or it was like the masses. When I say group, I don't mean to say it's some exclusive group listeners. Like there's been masses of people awakening mm. in like in 2012 there was, in 2014 there was, 2016 there was, in 19, and then through COVID. And so where we're at now, there's so many people awakened to life beyond the physical, which is what I've been working with since I came back from my decade in Asia in 2010. It's been my whole, um, the tenant from traditional Chinese medicine, which is, you know, the Tao, based on Taoist philosophy that Qigong comes from in the yin yang and acupuncture, is wherever qi goes, or by the life force or ki, if you do reiki or prana, if you do yoga, wherever life force or qi goes, blood follows. So it's an indirect way of implying from this ancient wisdom what quantum physics has talked about, that where energy goes, then matter follows, so that the energy is more important than the matter. And where I take that nowadays is where our consciousness goes, especially the higher we are, clearer and higher vibration we are, where our consciousness or focus goes, energy follows, and then the physical gets created. So there's a lot of people now aware of the metaphysical and 
LOA. And I feel like there's so much out there that when people approach with a normal westernized, what we call in Buddhism or meditation, ego mind. Mm -hmm. So it's the personality level self attached to the mind and the intellect, that part of you. Um, Because in yoga, I'm a yoga teacher too, certified in India, where we end, so to speak, there's a higher self, right? That's not a new concept to many people, but that's what yoga means to yoke with the divine, meaning our higher self. And then in the higher chakras, the divine itself and co-create from there. So I'm saying all of this because it seems like if people, when they approach LOA and they haven't done enough purification work on their consciousness, their projections from our conditioning in the West, particularly in America, don't work well with the LOA. And so people come into it with expectations. It may be their first dalliance outside of organized religion in the metaphysical and how it act, subtle energy actually works on the ground in day to day life, not just God up in the sky that I go to church and commune with there. But there's so much um, projection of expectations from our conditioning that make the LOA not work. And I was excited to see that you also have focused on that so we can kind of harsh out some of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's, there's so much surface level this morning as we read yeah. and, and I was, as we record this for anyone, you know, listening or, or watching, we're recording this and it's, and it's, uh, you know, for Christians, good Friday, Easter weekend. And I was really delving into, and I sent an, a, a, an email out, I sent a freedom Friday email and I sent an email about, you know, regardless of your spiritual or wisdom tradition, if you look at these, this two-week period, right? Next week is Passover uh, for Jewish people, and now is Easter. It's all about pure freedom. And what if you step back, instead of confusing the map with the territory, and step back and looked at crucifying your ego nice. so that your true self can come out? And looking at, you know, Passover was this delivery from slavery, and is your ego really the Pharaoh is, is your ego, Ah, you know, and, and it's so, it's, and it's so, it's very interesting that you brought that up. And, and that, like you said, in the West, I was reading, I don't know if you're familiar with Charles Fillmore, um, Mm -hmm. you know, over a hundred years ago, and he was writing what you're talking about in terms of a, the energy following thoughts, but also the sense consciousness where if, if you, and you mentioned LOA, law of attraction, if it's just kind of on the surface, but doesn't go below and you just think it's positive thinking, I want more money, maybe you'll get more money, but maybe you'll get something else with it, right? That you don't want. (laughs) Yeah. I love what you just said. I want to take a step back so you can see the alignment here because I, Mm. before, uh, on April 1st launched a 14 day spring immersion about rebirth and resurrection. And for the first Mm. time ever, I talked about Jesus directly on my website for the page talking about this immersion. Um, I know that I've done some work with the lost years of Jesus, studying that from age 18 to 30. That's not included in the Bible. Uh, his mother's tomb was found in as crazy as it sounds in Pakistan. Um, there's been paintings of someone who looks just like Jesus found in like the attics of some Tibetan monasteries. I know that where I take my, uh, where people come in to get trained in the system, I developed vibrational upgrade. Uh, system to the UK in Glastonbury, which is considered the heart chakra of the planet. That's William Blake wrote the poem, um, New Jerusalem, as if that's the East, pardon me, that's 
the Jerusalem over here from the Middle East, depending on your vantage point on the planet. So I have a lot of understanding. I feel like that Jesus is one, I say, one of the greatest healers to ever walk the planet. Now, I grew up Jewish, and I remember around age 11 or 12 hearing the rabbi talk about there's no way that a human can be the son of God, that God doesn't come into human form. And I intuitively, at like 11 or 12, was like, that's wrong. Hmm. And right around that same time, I was after uh, Hebrew school, car pickup, bumper sticker goes by, uh, Jews for Jesus. I was like, oh my God, that's a thing? <laughs> so I, I, was, I was excited to learn that I wasn't alone in that, that yet real cognitive conscious understanding other than that's wrong. Um, so I, I, you know, I mean, I went into Native American medicine world practices in my late teens and doing that, um, moved to Asia for a decade to study that, it, traditional subtle energy and consciousness and traditional Chinese medicine and holistic health. Also went to India and became a, got trained as a yoga teacher. So clearly I'm multicultural. And I've had like student, I remember one of my first students getting um, certified in vibrational upgrade system. And she asked me, like, does this conflict with Christ? And I was like, no, it's healing. The more that you are bringing in the light, the more aligned you are with Christ, because that's what it was all about, the light emanating from the heart. I think of him as great for forgiveness. So there's a lot of misconceptions, and even that like meditation would have anything to do. Meditation is about how to work with the hard wiring of the mind and also the more of the soft wiring so that you can create new neurological pathways with thoughts that serve you more as opposed to the jailer, like you're saying. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I've been teaching meditation for over 25 years. I've been doing it since 91. Um, it's not at all religious. And, 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 and to me, I just feel like that's, I, I, excuse me, but in some way it's kind of ignorant. I remember like I was on an interview in like 2012 and, and, and an interviewer used the term, isn't this all just woo-woo with me? Mm -hmm. And I was, and I was still like, my worst culture shock was when I came back from Asia, I was like still getting used to American culture again. And what I responded with was, I just came from a decade of being steeped in where over mm. half of the rest of the world puts energy before matter, prioritizes energy over the physical proof you can point to, the opposite of what we do in the West. So to have that viewpoint at this day and age just feels ignorant to me. Yeah, it, you know, I think a big part of it is... Um, is uh, tribalism and the programming of my team versus your team. And I got this team jersey on. And, you know, I even grew up in a family that was very Catholic and they said they were very tolerant. But my dad would make uh, comments about the evangelical church and call it showtime. You know, when we said we were leaving the, the Catholic church, um, I'm, you know, a relative said, uh, well, you just better raise those kids Christian. And this was someone who always touted loudly, well, we're meeting with Muslims and we're meeting with this. And so there's a lot of tribalism that goes in that goes back, you know, look yeah. at most of the wars, you know? And so it's, it's this, I'm right, you, you know, Taoism, right? There is no right or wrong. There just is. And I'm right, you're wrong. This is my team. Therefore, so I think, I think a lot of it goes back to that. And when you kind of take off the team jersey, on a lot of things, right? You can step back and look at, hmm, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> you know? I have three brothers and two of the three are into organized sports, um, or group sports. I was just reading something from somebody uh, recently where she said, if we use the kind of soul level group 
uh, function that of the emotion that goes into a sports arena towards something positive on the planet. Could you imagine what the outcome would be? Yeah. Or if we cared as much about our cultivation of ourselves as we do about like celebrity deaths or like half as much about like what happens at the Oscars, you know? That's and ego. Yeah. So that's <laughs> ego. So I feel like, like I got asked by voice America to do a radio show in 2011 on, uh, the mind galactic alignment on December 21st, 2012. Um, and as I did, and I had, Anyway, without that, <laughs> the bottom line is that I interviewed weekly a bunch of specialists, uh, so much so that I got well-steeped enough in it that I became a specialist on a cruise to the Chichen Itza pyramid in the Yucatan on December 21st, 2012. And I had just been there a year before taking a client on a VIP trip in bare feet, and the ground wasn't like really electrical. On December 21st, 2012, we were all in white. We came in, we got special permission to do a ceremony with a Mayan shaman right there at Chichen Itza. There were TV crews, and the ground was quaking like thunderbolts up into my feet. And the TV was uh, like, I was seen as far away from somebody who knows me in Poland. So it, it, was, it was a big deal, December 21st, 2012. Not just for the minds, though. What I learned was that also in the yoga culture, there's a, you know, yugas, which is the word for age. And that um, Yogi Bhajan identified that we're going from one age to another. In 2012 was the slice of that. And, and then in the uh, astrology, from Pisces to Aquarius, 2012 the divider for that. So we're in this 20-year window. My second and third book go into this extensively. Hmm. So much that my publisher knows um, this and asked me, kind of commanded me to put as a subtitle on my second book, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss is the title. The subtitle is Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. Um, because this 20-year window from 2012 to 2032 is considered our greatest evolutionary leap ever. So 2012 to, 20, to right about now has been more the cleansing, purging mm. time and the awakening time. That's why I started the interview with saying what I was saying about there's been like periodic releases of more people awakening. But now we're more in the constructive time where we really are going to be creating a new golden era is the expectation. Imagine that. Can you believe that with all the division and all the tribalism and in, in, in like in natural healing, just one last thing. It's yeah. like fever peaking before it breaks. Things seem to get, and I say this so frequently, the mind, typically the ego mind, day-to-day -day mind typically interprets life events, the exact opposite, the way that the soul of the universe means. So mm. all of this, polarization all of this tribalism all of this fighting uh, the black lives matter the uh, me too movement all of that's because secrets are coming up to the surface where there's been abuses of power that's coming up to the surface everything's coming into alignment and less hierarchical and more about unity and equality now i know it's hard to believe but in like a body a mind body spirit system somebody they've come to me for any kind of physical issue emotional issue or um old trauma they want to get over uh, most of the time to the point that every time I start working with somebody, I give them a document called the healing response to explain this process. It's going to seem like it's getting worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, and, and, you know, those who are not awakened are threatened, right? So it's like, they got to, I, I just did a video today, um, about, and I have some relatives who have gone this and I've gone through this is some of the people who are, when, when you start living a life in, in congruence with awareness and, and, and being awakened, um, you know, it's often the people who are closest to you who are the haters and they're supposed to love you. And it's almost like they reject you. And it's, you know, a big part of it is because they wish 
deep down, probably subconsciously, that they wish they were doing what you were doing, but they will lash out, you know, and and it's it's a threat to their order, right? If you're doing that, it's like, wait, they, I mean, my wife and I, we homeschool now. We've been doing it for 16 years, but you would have thought that we were terrorists, the way some people react to us. And and so the old guard, when they realize it's, uh, uh, and, the, and the word uh, synarchy keeps coming back. You talked about the, the end of the hierarchy. Synarchy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's more of this, you know, um, like you said, joint, not joint rule, but it's a threat to those who are in power, right? Whether it's a consolidation of the food system or whatever it is, you're seeing it and they fight back. And yeah. so, um, you know, when you rustle the grasses, right, the, the snakes come out. So, <laughs> yeah. And so if you can just take the mountaintop perspective or the satellite perspective and work on yourself, I know that one of the areas I spend the most time doing energy medicine clearings for people is they learn about, I call this throat chakra the second power center, like traditionally, historically, the solar plexus is. Um, and chakras, for anybody who doesn't know, they're what we design every yoga posture around. So like, for instance, in my yoga teacher training in India, I had to design a sequence um, for every, sh- of, of different poses that went through the whole chakra column. Um, of the eight limbs of yoga, only one is about body postures, five are about, the, about consciousness and working with the mind. So, uh, chakras is not a big deal elsewhere it's not something woo woo it's means wheel and it turns vital life force energy in the region of the body that it sits at but it's also an intersection of the mind the body and the spirit so the throat chakra um i consider this more and each one relates to a a part of life right so typically people talk about communication for the throat chakra i consider that the basic level what i understand about the throat chakra is this is where we, and when I say understand, I mean like decades of working on people's systems and multiple, multiple, multiple people and seeing patterns. <laughs> I don't mean like I'm just like, you know, making this up out of the air. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm very, I mean, I have a PhD. I'm very logically based. My background's ridiculously logical growing up with Star Trek and my older brother. So like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I moved to Asia for 10 years. So I could know what I was talking about and get better results <laughs> from the clients. So um, what am I saying? I'm getting a little sidetracked with that little qualifier in there. Um, The throat chakra at the higher level, what I've come to observe is that it's where our courage sits to make new choices. So like Mm -hmm. what you were telling me before we started recording, when you you guys just packed up and started traveling around the country in in 2020, that kind of a choice is strengthening to the throat chakra. Hmm. It's aligned and it's following like your heart in, in, in your higher self's desires when you're like hurting somebody else or judging somebody else and you know it's um, not right and you're listening to your lower self, that's, that's going to close down the throat chakra. If you lie, it closes it down. Again, going back to the first layer, uh, first level of the throat chakra. But courage also sits here. Courage to make choices that when you hear the hunch or the feather soft whisper as opposed to the loud roaring of the minds thoughts but when you hear like do that and you ignore it or you suppress it we want to do work on opening the throat chakra so you have more courage to choose that because we're stepping into the Mm. constructive time meaning we're recognizing increasingly the loa has helped extremely with this to whatever level you're aware that your choices are actually creating what is in your life so coming out of victim mode 
in any aspect of our lives, whether, you know, we were raised um, black in the United States and dealt, dealt with a ton of racism, or we were raised female in the United States or any, you know, and, and, and it's been hard to get equality because we've had female prime ministers in other countries around the world for decades. We've still yet to have one in the States. So whereas we may seem like we have the feminist movement and we're, we're really strong comparatively, we're not, if you look at the amount of women in leadership in America. So if you've been raised in um, whatever that could be pointed to as sociopolitical or socioeconomic, completely logical, reasonable cause mm-hmm. for you to have less than what somebody else comparatively has, still even coming out of that conditioning and that entrenchment in the parental and ancestral. Like I had a client from France and he originated from um, a country in Africa and he has been working on clearing his blocks to abundance and clearing his blocks on, um, especially talking to white women. And at one point I got really this riveting, and it wasn't the first place I went. I was working with him for years before this one. In his ancestry, this sense of, I can't choose more for myself. I'm not safe if I do. I'll get noticed if I'm like doing too well. And that's bad as well as, you know, the amount of black men who had gotten hurt historically for talking to white women. So that was also in his ancestry, even though he's from Africa, never touched his foot on the United States soil and lived in in France. It's different. It's more cultural there than it is about color, um, which is how I see the world, like culture, not color. So Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, is you could be completely right and righteous even in pointing to why you could be doing worse off than somebody else. So what? You're still limiting yourself. So any and all storylines that you have in yourself that limits you and makes you feel like a victim, recognizing that our power is in, I can shift how I perceive this. I have conditioning. I have parental imprints. I have trauma. Maybe I have, um, some other stuff that I go into when I do an energy medicine clearing that's causing me to see things in this framework. I can work with how, what I'm seeing and how I'm framing it by getting some back of the house consciousness, which is what I call the subconscious and unconscious cleared, released more to the frontal lobe or the, where you hear the thoughts from when you are meditating and observing, because we don't hear the thoughts that create about 85% of our daily choices. We're only hearing about 15% of our thoughts. So as I do more clearings on the back of the house, consciousness that does correlate to different chakras, some more vital life force energy overall circulating, you also have more access to make more conscious, mindful, awake choices. Hmm. So using that, right, for the new choices as we together co-create our new era is where we're at now. When, When it comes to abundance and prosperity, you know, and you talk about healing and people say, well, what's healing have to do with abundance and prosperity isn't that all just about working harder yes you know it does it come down to those opening up the ability to make the choices (laughs) just get three more jobs (laughs) right right the hustle and the grind and instead of relaxation yeah great point i've had clients go and myself i've experienced i remember when i went to italy for a month um to Ischia, an island, because I really want to exp- I do a lot of touring for natural springs around the earth. Um, and it was really interesting because this island has like, like in the Northeast, the spring that's there helps heal like gynecological issues. The one really? that's in the Southeast is for skin issues. The one in the Northwest is for arthritis. The one in the South, like it's fascinating. Each spring had like, I mean, the earth provides, you know, I mean, there's so much healing. That d- anyway, let's just leave that to the side because that's a whole nother interview. Um, <laughs> 
how does abundance relate to healing? I remember when I was relaxing in Ischia and I just recently had a client go to Hawaii and relax on the beaches there and have more money come in than she's ever had before. Now, she wasn't just laying on the beach with no way for the income to reach her. She had a photography business, had put out bids and was waiting to hear back from them. But she had the biggest influx of um, yes to the, her bids than she's ever had laying on the beach. It's a phenomenon that's fascinating. Um, however, you have to have the right energetics and the right consciousness to receive it. So what I noticed, even like with myself, I had to clear out proving myself. So mm. I grew up with an older brother and, you know, in the Jewish culture, the firstborn son in many cultures, Chinese as well, you know, he's God, basically, you know, if you think of all the years and centuries of kings and the heirs and all of that noise. Um, and so he naturally got favoring. And I remember feeling like I had to prove myself, you know, and so we'd sit there at the dinner table and so I would talk about what I learned that day. He would talk what he learned that day. And so there was a sense of, you know, sibling competition. I mean, we love each other. We have, you know, we tromped out in the woods day after day after school and played out in the woods all the time. So it wasn't all rivalry. I don't want to miscommunicate this, but the bottom line is I realized I had to stop working to like, I did extra levels of work to because i felt like i had to prove myself so once i got that cleared i did less overgiving um and i did less output so there's these concepts we hold from the way we grow up that we get imprinted with or conclusions we make unconsciously is we've you know how at age two your kids went no no yeah 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 well, too, they're just like you and your wife, you know, they're the, the thoughts, the feelings, all of that is connected. We're not mm -hmm. separate from our parents until we start doing that at two, because we are separating and forming our own identity. So from like two to eight, my I have the original ma major in college and background in psychology. So some of this is combined with um, developmental psych and Western psych. So ages two to eight, we're busy looking around, how does it work on planet Earth? And we make these conclusions. So those go wired unconsciously. So we have these views of how the world works. And specifically, the one I gave as an example about proving myself, what I had a conclusion of was I get attention when I prove myself or mm -hmm. I, earn, I earn approval when I prove myself. So then that gets wired in and you make other conclusions and choices of your behavior based on that, right? So the working hard thing um, is also something I talked about in my first book. It's funny, I keep referring to that one today because um, I have four and I'm not referring to the most recent or the third one. But in that one, I'm talking about like, I saw it from living out of the country for so long and at other times I've, I've lived out of the country too. Um, there's an element in American society in general that is about proving yourself because we separated as a colony and then we revolted and said, no, we don't need your old crown. So we had to produce our own textiles. We had to learn how to use the loom. We had to produce our own cotton. We had to learn how to produce our own industry without relying on the crown anymore. So there's always, you know, I feel like that's also, I was shown that intuitively as I was writing my first book in the culture we have. So it's great because we are as productive as we are in America, but we're also, it's out of balance. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you about, uh, well, your program and the title of one of your books, which is Vibrational Upgrade. And, but, but part of it is, why is it, you write conspiracy. Why is Vibrational Upgrade a conspiracy for your bliss? That's such a cool question. I don't get asked that a lot. Um, all right, so let me do it this way. I have for 
probably three decades been saying consciously and out loud to the universe, universe, help me increase my tolerance for bliss. Hmm. And you hear that challenge. And you hear that I'm, I, I'm expecting my tolerance for bliss to always be able to be increasing. And I go into the Sanskrit word from yoga, Turiya, which means bliss. Um, in my last, the last chapter of the book you're asking about, that's my second book. A conspiracy, because when I look at the chakra column, the third chakra in particular is the chakra we use for manifesting out onto the physical plane, uh, whatever industry we're industriously earning money from. It's also where the inner child is. It's also where the aspect of joy is. It's also where the aspect of self-esteem and self-confidence is. It's also the aspect of where the empathic machinery is. So when we're clear sentient, you talked about the senses earlier. When we move into the sixth sense, clear sentience, where we're feeling energy, that happens at the upper belly, which is also why when people aren't properly working with their energy system and they're walking in and they're just absorbing energy, they can have gastric upset or they can burp a lot or they can be anxious like because anxiety sits here too. So having an appropriate balance between how much information you take in and how much you're plugged into your own information source is really important for many people now because i hear that complaint a lot so i threw it in there Hmm. so if joy is contained kurt in the same chakra where we are also going to have a flourishing upper belly if we're joy is about what we're manifesting out on the physical plane so if these are correlated in the same chakra meaning I have more joy honoring my inner child in, with confidence. I don't mean perfect confidence. I mean with a, enough confidence that you manifest what, you're, what brings you joy out there in the physical world. That to me seems like a conspiratorial wiring from the divine. And it's just one example of just how many, like there really is a conspiracy for our bliss. And by the end of that book, I'm talking about... Um, I'm just grabbing my third book. By the end of that second book, I'm talking about unconditional love as the greater field of the Tao. And I'm talking to a yogic master, the one who created Kripalu, who I actually was privileged enough to give energy medicine sessions to. Um, I'm asking him about, so if life force contains, life force, vital energy, does prana also contain Soul force is another way to say it, soul force. And he nodded and smiled. And then I asked him, is another way to say it, love force? And he nodded and smiled. And, and so that's, that interaction is at the end of that book. But the reason why it's so profound to me is because I also teach Qigong and learned it over in Asia and, and teach my, um, I have a signature program called Magic Manifestation and Money Flow. And in the third video of the third module, I show them how to go outside and interact um, with the elementals and with the greater Tao field. Because as you, once you do that, you're opening up your receiving capacities, so you get more opportunities more easily. You do less working hard to make things happen, but just more receptivity overall, more guidance, more love, more support. So why am I saying all of this? That's also another reason why I say a conspiracy for your bliss, because I see that when you get beyond the noise and all of the conditioning of the, the ego mind and you really hear yourself and you allow for that connection with the divine, it's not about Jesus on the cross. It's about the resurrection. Mm. 
So in my third book is, I love that noise. Thank you for making that. The title is, <laughs> older, like I put on glasses to read <laughs> how to activate the field of possibilities where logical magic is the new normal. This is my only book that's on um, Audible, but that how to activate the field of possibilities where logical magic is the new normal. I, I, I just want to add in that this stuff, albeit having historically been called woo-woo, there is a logic to the divine's creation from what I can see and what I've studied and what I've learned about ancient wisdom, universal laws, the metaphysical and how it all works. And I have studied a lot um, and practiced tens of thousands of people watching and putting these to test and coming up with my own. There really is, n it's not, some stuff is mystery. Leave it at that. That's great fun. And, and, and I, I like to leave for the mystery, but there really is a sense of, it's just a higher order of logic when you start to work with the metaphysical and, and engage the subtle energies in a way, once you, you work with your own subtle energy system and consciousness, it really is a conspiracy for your bliss if you let it be. I love that. Do we have time for one more question? Uh, run? I will just say yes. Yes. Okay. The word freedom. Yeah. You know, and, pe and people like to take that word and use it for their own sometimes at, uh, on the level, on the material plane, right? Or the political plane only. What does that word freedom mean to you? So visually, intuitively, I just saw jumping out of a plane, which I've done. I talk about this word a lot too. Where I want to go with this is in response to something you said earlier in our conversation, in that you were talking about, and it was so great of an example, and I'm so grateful to you, Kurt, for bringing in the perspective of tribalism and group sports. Jerseys, that was a great metaphor. Uh, where am I going with this? That the idea of what I see threatens so many people and, 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 and cause people to hold back making a choice that they really want to make that will get them freer and more joyous, because I think that those are intertwined. When I see somebody's body sing or my own elevate with joy, that's a sense of freedom. That's part of the definition, I think, because freedom is some kind of elevation and joy is a factor in that. Hmm. Um, I see people stop themselves when they're concerned about what others will think. And of course you hear this in intellectual, you're like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't care what people think, but really, you know, I mean, I spend a lot of time running clearings on people who are concerned about what will they think if I come out of the spiritual closet, who will I lose in my life? What will I have to give up in my life? What will these people think of me? And especially the ostracization. And I don't even think it has to apply to spirituality. You know, if we just take all religions and just group it in the word spirituality, it's where people access their spirit. I, I, I just feel like historically there have been so many times in our culture where, particularly in the West, like Galileo got shut down. Hmm. So when somebody's been speaking truth of what they see, the shutdown that happens, and in particular the ostracization of for, and for witches and intuitive use, and once the Enlightenment era hit, hit getting rid of the supernatural and getting everything logical and reasoned out and explained. I had a guy in England tell me he thinks that they're over, we've become overly rational. We need to bring in more of the mystical again. So freedom for me is freedom beyond the thinking and the intellect in coming from that and caring what other people think. It's really feeling the sense of you're in this body and you're in this life for you as a soul and your connection to the divine and letting yourself make whatever choices are required in order to honor that and, and, and evolve and grow and live a lighter, happier, increasingly more joyous, abundant, healthier life. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I really appreciate that. And and thank you for coming on the show. Um, we'll have to have that you back. Fun. We'll definitely yeah, have you right. back. We're going to link to all your books, your website, everything in the show notes. Um, Dr. Allison, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise, Kurt. Thanks for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Look at that. So you have a great smile, man. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Namaste. 